1: everybody. This is Angelina, otherwise known as Little Egypt, here to do the Redneck Island Season 4 after show. I am so excited to be here. I've got Sean, the engineer, sitting right next to me.
0: How are you doing, Sean? Doing well.
1: <laughs> Good. Okay, so today it's the inaugural episode of Redneck Island Season 4, and oh my gosh, if you have been watching Seasons 1 through 3... Get ready. Everything just turned on its head. I will first tell you that I've been watching Redneck Island for the all three seasons. I came on to watching Redneck Island because I'm a big fan of Steve Austin. I come from the wrestling world myself, so I have a lot of respect for the work that we do in our industry. I have to tell you, uh, Redneck Island 1 caught my heart. And it caught my heart because I loved the way that they casted this show. I felt for the first time after watching maybe Survivor Series for 10 seasons, it became just a different... All the characters looked the same. Redneck Island shows up and then all of a sudden I'm seeing people, rednecks you can say of all shapes and sizes... Getting involved in their culture. I get to participate. I get to watch as a viewer what the culture of a redneck is. I really fell in love with the people that were on season one. Season two came around. It was the same thing. It was a real winning formula. Uh, Those of you who are listening right now, I'd love for you to just kind of like take a second and think back on what those seasons were like if you were watching them. Season Two was amazing again, the redneck culture was clearly apparent, and then season three came along. The casting completely changed. It went into more of a younger feel. We had all- con- all the contestants were very, very young. they were uh, physically able to do a lot more difficult challenges and At first, as a viewer, it took me a while to kind of accept that because I was so happy with season one and two. But then these young guys just captured my heart. The characters, I I ended up falling in love with them, too. I had my favorites, um, Brittany, Mike, Candy. They all were fabulous to watch on television. And then a lot of time went by before we started seeing the next season of Redneck Island, and that's Redneck Island season four, and that is what we are here to talk about today. Okay, so I, I, I don't even know where to begin. The entire show completely changed. The host of Redneck Island, Stone Cold Steve Austin, for those of you who are not familiar with his legacy, I would be very surprised if you do not know the name. It's synonymous with wrestling. He is a six time WWE World Champion. He is a WWE Hall of Famer. He was quoted, uh, it was quoted by Vince McMahon that Steve Austin was his highest income earner for his company. So, with that being said, Steve Austin doesn't need any help. Uh, As a matter of fact, his branding, his wrestling branding, his image, is what got a lot of the viewers to tune in and give uh, CMT a shot with watching Redneck Island. That being said, season four, there's a co-host. And uh, again, like I'm trying to stay really open with this. Uh, I'm a big fan, like I said, of Steve Austin, so I think he could clearly, after three seasons, handle a show on his own. But we do have a co-host, and her name is... Jessie James Decker. And for those of you who are in the country world, she uh, has a great reputation as a country singer. She was married to... And is still married to uh, Jets wide receiver Eric Decker. They had a reality show on E! And so she's had a lot of airtime, and she's definitely an up-and-coming star for sure. I have... I tried to keep really open with my personal opinion uh, as far as like trying just to stay really uh, just unbiased with that being said. And I have to tell you, she was so cute. I really enjoyed uh, looking at her. I'm hoping, I am really hoping she steps up as a co-host and actually assumes more responsibility in the show. Because right now as a co-host, she is lingering in the back. She spends most of her time standing near Steve Austin and he's still running the show. So as a viewer I'm a little confused. And I'm hoping that she has the guts to, to you know to go and capture what she feels is her own place on that show. That being said, there are 24 Rednecks that have entered season number 4 for Redneck Island and a chance to win 100 thousand dollars 24 that oh my gosh i cannot go through and won't take your time going through all the characters but i will tell you that uh we've got lucas albert Corey cotton cody davis rocky davis riley green hunter larson jeremy jeremy morris anthony perigi john tart bradley josh blake taylor becky Nicole, Haley, Jordan, Jamie, Shelly, Shelby, Tessa, Sarah, Heather. I can go on and on with Kat and finally ending with Margaret. Oh, my gosh. How in the world are we going to be able to get through a season and fall in love with character development if there are so many characters to watch? As a viewer for season four, as I'm watching the show, the producers actually do a very good job at focusing on the turmoil that's being created in the house. Another thing completely different than Redneck Island season one, two, and three was that they left the beaches of Mexico, and now they are filming at a lake house in Georgia. What I felt like the first three seasons being more like a survivor uh, show has turned into a redneck Big Brother concept. That's not neither good nor bad. It's just that the show has completely changed. The challenges are still over the top and very exciting. They actually look more difficult than what I was looking at in seasons one, two, and three. I have to tell you, I am still in conflict because I feel right now I'm watching an Entirely different Redneck show, an entirely different production. I'm still confused as to why there's a co-host. I am going to bring on the phone with us today. I'm gonna, I am going have a special guest. His name is Mike Mace. You might remember him from season three, Redneck Island. Uh, we stayed in touch uh, after Redneck Island. He, he, him and I have become good friends, or I consider him a good friend. I'm going to get him on the line. We've been texting and tweeting back and forth about, like, what our thoughts were. And I'd love to get his perspective, being that he was actually on the ground as a cast member on Redneck Island Season 3. So, let's talk about what's happening now in the show. The Redneck, uh, the redneck cast are now in the Redneck Riviera. they are bigger in challenges. Egypt, I believe I have uh, Mike on the line. Oh, really? Hi, Mike. Can you hear me?
2: Hello, beautiful. How are you?
1: Oh, my gosh, good. I'm so glad you're on the line. It's so great to talk to you again. Uh, how have you been? Um, What's been going on since the end of Season 3?
2: Oh, man, I've been doing pretty good. You know, uh, just working, business is going pretty good. Um, other than that, I mean, just taking it day by day, you know, uh, keeping in touch with everybody as much as I can. Um, totally crazy things have I been mean, going on with everybody here lately.
1: Wow, did you watch? Uh, did you watch the first episode of season four?
2: Of course, I did.
1: <laughs> okay, so uh, it's completely different than your experience, is it not?
2: Well, um, yeah, I'd say it's a little bit different <laughs> than what I was, than what we did on season three.
1: Okay, well, let let me first ask you a couple quick questions, Mike. What initially, as you're watching? Um, the cast kind of emerge on to the screen. What are your thoughts with the casting?
2: Uh, I mean, when I first look at the cast, you know, when they were you know, first coming onto the boats and everything, I'm thinking, okay, young crowd, fun, um, definitely uh, a lot of them, that's for sure. Mhm.
1: Mhm. Yeah. How many um, were in your season?
2: Uh, we had a total of Fifteen. Um, I
1: think they start 24. wow 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 okay so with that being said mike here here's the cast they they start showing up and it is just one big party similar to what you were experiencing on redneck island it looked like the what do you think about them getting a house and you guys had to have bunks any any hard feelings there
2: Oh, yeah, I'm jealous. I mean, they're in, like, you know, a pimped-out lake house over in Hartwell, Georgia, and we were sitting in basically a tree house in the middle of Mexico.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I was looking that it looked like they had plenty of food where your supplies were not nearly as plentiful. Is that correct?
2: No, I mean, if you remember, right, we had Spam, beans, and rice, and from what it looks like, I mean, they've got a fully stocked kitchen. So I'm just sitting here going, "Is this the same show?"
1: Yeah, I totally get that, Mike. I, I see, I see your point. I actually feel the same way. Are you? Do you? Does it feel like a redneck Survivor, or does it feel more like a redneck Big Brother to you right now?
2: Um, honestly, it feels kind of like a redneck Roll Rules Challenge. Uh-huh. Wow. That's what I'm getting from it. Um. You know, it's something that we're not used to on CMT. And, I mean, to be completely honest with you, if it wasn't for the fact that, you know, Steve was the host, I wouldn't even know that this was Redneck Allen.
1: I see. I see. Speaking of Steve Austin, are you a big fan of him, of his?
2: Oh, always have been.
1: Okay. What do you think about um, having a co-host? Do you think he needed a co-host for the set You know, for this season?
2: Um, I mean, being that we're only one episode in, it's kind of tough to tell right yeah. now because, um, you know, we haven't really seen her do a whole lot as far as anything on the show. Right. Um, but I mean, maybe she might play a bigger role into it. Um, I mean, we just have to wait and see how the, you know, the rest of the season plays out. But right now, I don't think that he needed one.
1: It feels like that, and I'm hoping that with her, she has a female energy. She may be able to bring a certain dynamic to the show. I'm not 100% sure yet. I'm definitely open to it. I am. I feel like I am a little bit um, definitely taken back that Steve wouldn't even need a co-host. That's my personal opinion. I think he managed one through three just fine, uh, and I'm right. not sure what the what the actual benefit is to have a co-host yet at this time. But I am, I am definitely staying open. Let's talk really quick, Mike, about some of the antics that were going on uh, prior to the challenge. We had a lot of focus on Riley. He apparently is the bell of the ball. <laughs> you, yeah. you get what I'm, t- I'm, I'm saying. Uh, he got a lot of attention initially, and then. Um, there was a lot of focus on Blake, the uh, blue-eyed wonder. Do you know who I'm talking about when I'm, I'm yeah, referring to the Blake? Yeah, they called
2: uh, his nickname. I think is Teen Wolf.
1: Is that what his nickname is?
2: Yeah, one girl's. Uh, I think it was uh, Jordan or Heather or somebody. Like that called him Teen Wolf or something mm. within like the first five minutes.
1: Mm. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely a very interesting character. And initially, when see. What was happening in the beginning was um, they were inundated with alcohol. Personally, you know, as a mom, I think (laughs) about the blood alcohol level of these guys, these these guys and girls. And I'm like, oh, my God, how did their bodies even survive drinking that much alcohol? That's crazy. That's just, I could not believe that they could even get up in the morning just right, watching yeah. them drink and and they were beer bonging and oh my god it was it was I, I i was starting to get a little nauseous just watching them like their skin was turning pink and their eyes were going <laughs> red oh my god that being said uh Blake i don't think he handles his liquor very well he does seem to posture a lot when he's put in a confrontational situation first thing he said like was the great make the hate i didn't even understand that but i'm sure it meant that he he was very confident about who he was as a person, and then yeah, um...
2: Um, I don't know what to do with Blake is I mean, it seems that I'm kind of getting the vibe from him that he's different. Like he's just kind of out there,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I'm not quite sure how to take him yet. You know, I'm going to have to see, you know, how he reacts, you know, yeah. coming back after, you know, this what do they call it, the pit challenge now, and yeah, see how that yeah. takes place.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I just thought what was really interesting is that the camera was able to capture Riley, Cody, Blake in a very primitive uh, posturing and and, uh, of these guys trying to mark their territory was actually funny as a viewer. I was like, wow, I didn't think we still did that as a society, but apparently we do. You get enough guys (laughs) in a house and they will posture and they will start marking their territory and, and it just... I have to tell you, it was so funny. And then I saw that the girls started moving in that direction too. And uh, Heather uh, makes a play for Riley when Margaret clearly starts to like mark her territory. What are what were your thoughts on those two contestants? Like, what what do you think of Margaret? What do you think of Heather? Oh,
2: uh, you know, again, uh, both on, you know, both of you know beautiful girls, uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, definitely nothing against them on that. I think that, you know, this early in the game, especially like, you know, day one, you're trying to make friends. Um, you're trying to get along with everybody. You're trying to fit in. Um, you're just not trying to cause that many waves.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, that quick. And I think, you know, with Heather and Margaret, You know, this is gonna come back to play a little bit later on because apparently Riley's a good looking dude. I mean, I don't really look at him that way. I just you know, whatever. It's he's your own, I guess.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) All right. So Mike, you're you're actually you're you're someone who went through a entire season. You were Uh able to see post production editing. What and you you know, you have you come to a conclusion that what we're seeing on television is something that's been manipulated, or do you think that that's actually the characters developing? I'd love your thoughts on that.
2: Um, of course, you know, it looks like from well, from our season, it took us two days to film one episode. So basically you had to put 48 hours of footage
0: mm-hmm. into
2: a one-hour show, really about a 40-minute show, mm-hmm. when, a 45-minute show, and you figure commercial break and stuff. Um, and it looks like that they had three days of filming in this one, um in this first show. Mm. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff that gets cut on the editing floor. Yeah. Um, you're not going to see everything. There's a lot of, you know, sitting around, boring time because, I mean, there's really after a certain period of time, you're bored. Um, I think, you know, with post-production editing, you're catching the glimpses of who these people really are. Yeah. Um, i haven't met any of them yet personally i'm looking forward right, to it right um and seeing who they really are but you get you get the essence of everybody captured pretty well i mean if you remember with our season you know after the first yeah, day yeah you knew bucket was the comedian that everybody loved right you knew travis was the guy that everybody hated right um i mean you knew who we were right and you had your idea of us with these people there's 24 of them yeah i think i might have gotten a glimpse into about eight yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and I think if they tried to focus on everyone that was in the house, I mean they would have lost interest. I need I cuz we needed to be constantly stimulated on what was developing and I thought that was smart on production side. Mm-hmm. That being said, I loved, absolutely loved when they picked teams, boy girl, boy girl. And running through quickly Heather and Camel Cody picked Nicole, Haley picked Jerome, Jordan picked Tank. Uh, I can go on and on. Shelby picked Blake, um, Taylor picked John, Hunter picked Sarah, Josh picked Heather. It was it was very confusing at first as a viewer because I'm trying to learn who's there, but immediately right. with that pick, they start going into a, um, a challenge, and that challenge was called "Going Bananas." What did you think, okay, like you've been in these challenges, (laughs) you you know, you've gone through the air, you've landed in the water. When I saw this challenge, I thought this was definitely a difficult challenge. What were your thoughts on that?
2: Uh, My thoughts on it, honestly, were the lighter people were going to, you know, probably do the best in it because, you know, it's easier for them to kind of like move around on these, uh, you know, inner tubes, jumping up and down. I uh, don't have a whole lot of weight to have to grab a hold or two. Um, it looks fun. I mean, I would have loved to have done something like that on our season. Um, Do you think you, think you could, could have done
1: it's, it? Is that? Did you think you could have done that challenge when you're watching it? Could Did anything go through your head like, I could make it? I can make it to the end uh, of this challenge. Oh, of course. No,
2: no, I'm sitting there <laughs> thinking to myself, like, you know, you put me and, uh-huh. you know, b on that tube, and we're going to rock it out in under a minute. I mean,
0: it's just how we
1: did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I was I was very surprised at um, at at the ones that did make it and the ones that were immediately disqualified. Oh my gosh, um, it was fun. It was really really fun. I enjoyed it. I loved it. I think they should do more of those. I'm hoping that mm-hmm. they are going to bring more of those in. When Parigi, and that's his last name, Parigi, who's a very big fella, like he's, he's the biggest fella yeah, he's on a the a big boy. Yeah, he's a big boy. Gets on the flotation device, and I think it was Riley that said he could not, he thought he would never see a, flota- a flotation device hanging on to a flotation device. <laughs> I was like what an analogy oh man when I saw Perigi I was like oh no this is horrible for his partner because if they're tied together the entire season he might be bringing her down these challenges are very physical it's what took Woodle out of season three uh you know I was getting really really worried when I saw that as funny as it was to watch him hang on for dear life, I've never seen anyone try harder to hang on to a flotation device as it was doing three sixties in the water. It was brilliant. I, uh, it was brilliant television. Um, oh yeah. Oh my gosh.
2: I mean, it might bring them down in a few competitions here or there, and they might have to go to this pit. But if they have challenges like they did on this last one, where you got to basically, like you know, wrestle a ball from somebody, yeah, I don't see anybody getting that ball away from him
1: that that's a good point that's a really good point speaking of that uh it was uh it was John correct me if i'm wrong but it was who were the who was disqualified was it John? And John Taylor,
2: Taylor, right? Okay. They were the ones that came in bed last.
1: Okay. So now they're up for elimination. Now things are totally different because now we lose the dynamic of actually having a host around. Because when mm-hmm. you guys had to go into your elimination round, when you were voting each other out, Steve Austin was right there. There was a lot of dialogue. Uh, you could clearly see that there was a relationship between the cast members and the host. Now, with the way yeah, that they're doing it, the elimination round, it's clearer that um, Steve Austin and his co-host are not. And I don't mean her any disrespect. It's Jesse James Decker, his co-host, uh, right. are really not participating at a very high level at this point. And I'm hoping that that changes because there, there's a really nice dynamic. Don't you? Don't you agree? Yeah,
2: I mean, and I miss the intensity of, you know going to Steve's house to do the eliminations. I mean, even when I got eliminated, yeah. you know, you're there and it's intense. There's game strategy involved. There's a whole lot of mental aspect that goes into it. You had to be, you know, physical in the reckoning. But you ought to have, also had to have a good social game and a good mental game to make it through.
1: Yeah.
2: And I'm just not seeing that uh, this year with the way they've got that set up. Yeah. I mean, there are no alliances that can be – I mean – yeah, you can have an alliance to say, "Hey, I'm not going to put you in the pit or whatever," but it's just not quite the same.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like this as far as the way we have the team set up. It's, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. Uh, Shelby, who I immediately, she's, you know, if if we had to pick right now, who we hope wins. With the hundred grand, I would hope it was Shelby. I'm, I'm just telling you right, right now. I I love that girl. I love her honesty. I love how um, she's fearless, and she was really smart. When Blake was losing absolute control, he looked like such a threat to so many people, like almost like a ticking time bomb. Yet Shelby goes over. She creates an alliance with him. She offers him friendship. And he uh, basically works as a dynamic team with her from that point on. When they're doing the Going Bananas Challenge, and they are, uh, it's their turn. Oh my God! It was like it was like Blake was Aquaman. You know, he was out there, and he was just unstoppable. I think they have awoken a sleeping dragon when it comes to Blake and Shelby. They are definitely a force to be reckoned with. What are your thoughts there?
2: Uh, Blake is definitely a competitor. I can tell that by looking at him. Um, You know, I'm hoping that he can pick his social game up because if he can't, then that's going to put him and Shelby into the pit every week. And, I mean, you can only keep him knocking on the devil's door for so long before somebody answers it.
1: So are all the eliminations going to end with a final toss in the um, pit? Does every single person have to battle it out in the pit to stay in the game, or was it just a one-time challenge? I, I didn't know the oh, difference.
2: No, that's going to be an every week kind of thing from what I've been here and talking to the uh, cast.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. That's that's yeah. interesting. That's interesting.
2: And, and so, another thing, I mean, you know, if you go guy against guy, I mean, you could. Can- end up either with the same partner you started with or you could end up with a brand new partner
1: i know and i love that i actually love that i thought that was a really nice twist and and it made it a fair game for everybody so we so we have john and taylor right so they immediately knew that their heads were on the chopping block and it was up to riley and margaret to pick who they were going to be facing in the pit Right. And that's where yeah. we got to see some of the social game play out, which this early on, were you thinking that they should maybe have put up a like my thoughts were. I'm just going to I'm just going to give it right right to you right now, Mike. My thought was if I were Riley and Margaret, I would put up the second weakest team. So I would show myself. Um, again, with the cast, I would come across as a team player because it's only right that the, the last two um, teams would have to battle it out to survive. What are your thoughts there?
2: Honestly, I mean, when you're playing this game, you have so many thoughts running through your mind. Um, obviously, you want to, you know, go against strong players. That way you can prove that you are the best. Right. But at the same time... You know, you're thinking long-term down the road, who do I have the best chance of winning, you know, hundred grand if I go head-to-head against? Um, so I understand why they went with, you know, Blake and Shelby, because if they hadn't, if they didn't drop the flag, then they would have won. Uh, Plain of the day. I mean, they were the best team that day.
1: Would you have um, taken them out if you, were, if you were in their shoes? Would you have put Blake and Shelby out there for elimination?
2: Not because I want to put them up there that quick. I probably this early in the game, um, you know, I would have gone with somebody probably in the middle. Um, you know, that way to right. like any favoritism going right. like, you know strong per people weak person. Right, I would have gone somewhere in the middle on that one. So um, here,
1: here's what I thought was really interesting on the social the social culture of, of what I was seeing. Shelby finds out that she's going up. For elimination, Oh boy, she is so well-liked amongst the girls because Margaret, by marking her territory early, by making a claim for Riley, alienated herself with the women. And Shelby used that opportunity to create relationships with the women. And so when Margaret picked Shelby... I thought, oh, my God, that was such a bad move. I did not know what was going through her head, why she felt like Shelby was such a threat at this time. She could have had enough. She could have, if she, if she would have put somebody else up on the chopping block, she would have had the same relationship that Cody and Riley just made with each other because their alliance had nothing to do with Margaret.
2: Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. Um, and The thing that I thought was the funniest part was, After, you know, they did pick Blake and Shelby to go for uh, elimination, she starts complaining why, you know, Shelby's blowing up on her and calling her out. Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious if you think about it. Yeah. She's like, well, Raleigh's the one that picked her, not me. Oh, please, whatever. (laughs) You're the one that picked her. Right. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it was pretty obvious. And who came out smelling like a daisy?
2: Oh, she did, but. I'll be honest with you, I don't really care for Margaret too much, to be honest with you, at this point.
1: Right. Okay. And then also, I honestly feel that Riley um, doesn't have a target on his back like Margaret has on hers. What, what are your thoughts there?
2: I agree. Um, you know, the problem with Riley, though, is whenever you win that first challenge, you put yourself out there as the dominant guy. Yep. you put yourself out there as the alpha male. You know, it's my prize. Don't take it from me. And now you're going to target you patch. Yep. Um, I just don't agree with you know winning the first couple challenges. Yep, you never have.
1: Yeah, um, that's really really interesting. I don't know if they uh, any of these cast members like when you were coming up uh, to to head out to the island for season three if you thought about maybe watching a whole bunch of Survivor shows or something to work on strategy. I'm like the whole concept of don't win the first challenge after 10 years of reality television where it's played out over and over and over that that's not the best course of action that people still
2: fight for it. I mean, and sometimes it can work to your advantage if you have a great social game. And you can get people to like you. Yeah. Um I mean, to me, you know, with reality T V and like these, you know, competition style shows, I'd say it's probably sixty percent social game and forty percent physical. Um, you've got to be able to save yourself when you have to. Yeah. But you also have to be able to secure the votes that you need to. But then again, in this case, there's no votes to be secured, so I guess it pretty much all is physical.
1: I am so glad you said that because I'm a I'm a big believer that, you know, 80% of our communication that we have is nonverbal. That oh. this is not a game that um the strongest will win. It's you're right. It's a, it at the end of the day it's a social game. Who is your who do you believe is the most likable girl and the most likable guy right now on on that um on that lake?
2: Uh. <laughs> Right now, I would probably say uh, the most likable girl is probably Shelby, um, just because, you know, she's kind of stood up to Margaret and said, you know, I'm not going to play your game, right. uh, we're going to do this my way. And I would say that the most likable guy is Caplet because he is definitely the one that's making everybody laugh. I mean, when he came out there in that bikini, oh my yeah. god!
1: Yeah, that took a lot of guts, Right.
2: A no, cowboy a hat
1: out. and lingerie, like a, a bra and panties. I didn't even know where yeah, he that, found something that fit him. Personally, and did he bring it with him? That would be that um, was going I'm, through my head. Did that come in his suitcase? I'm not sure if
2: he bought it with him or if he bought it from somebody.
1: <laughs> or right, right. Well, let's take let's let's talk about the final challenge. Which thank you for clearing that up because. It was, I, I, as a viewer, only seeing the pit for the first time, I thought maybe it's just something fun that they came up with for this elimination round. But what I'm hearing from you is the pit will be the elimination round for the rest of this season. Right?
2: Right. Okay. That's what, I'm, that's what that's... I'm, you know, gathered and what I've been hearing from everybody. Um. And, you know, the first time that I saw the pit, I'm thinking to myself, God, I wish I would have had this last year because, You know, our season would have turned out so much differently if it was, you know, that kind of thing going into uh, a challenge or something like that.
1: Yeah, you would have felt that you would have had a better shot of surviving. It takes the social game right out of it. You know, that elimination round is not a social – it doesn't have a social component at all.
2: Well, Knowing that, I would have loved to get my hands on Travis and not getting kicked off.
1: Right, right. That would have been (laughs) fun to watch. I would have loved to have seen Travis rolling around in that pit because I had a feeling – If that were the case, he would have been in the pit more than once before the end of that season, for sure. It would have been fun to watch. Uh, That being said, I have to tell you, like, here here it's all kind of, like, snowballing now. And I so enjoyed watching Shelby and Blake mentally prepare for this elimination round. And I was just, as soon as I... As soon as I saw John and Taylor and I'm watching them use words like I should or, you know, I have a good shot, you know, things like that. They they didn't come at it with the right mindset. And Shelby, holy cow, like when you ever want to accomplish anything physically, spiritually, emotionally, it doesn't matter. That mindset has to be there. And to get your mindset there, you have to. Constantly send your send those affirmations, those thoughts, that visualization out there. And Shelby was doing it; she was visualizing herself. There was no if, ends or buts. She absolutely had to win that elimination round, and that's why she did. And the same holds. Uh-huh. Yeah, same holds true for Blake. Which, and here's here's where I'm kind of liking Blake a little bit right now, and it could flip. I'm not sure by uh, by next week, but Blake. Was using prayer to create the mindset to win this. And he oh, yeah. was so focused. I mean, really, did you see the look on his face? Like, he he could have gone, he could have ran through that pit another two miles. He had so much energy. He was taking that ball from John no matter what. I've never seen, I mean, that was just impressive. What were your thoughts on that?
2: Uh. You know, watching Blake, you know, getting prepared for that challenge mentally, uh, you know, like doing the prayer and everything, that's when it first came to me that, you know, this guy is different. He's just misunderstood. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, not a lot of people will psych themselves up like that. They'll, like, you know, just get into a zone, get quiet, kind of yeah. want to be by himself. Yeah. He was just that's, – that's just how he is. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think – John and Taylor, especially Taylor, you know, going into that thing, yeah. uh, she said that you know, you know, she's got a little bit more uh, muscle and a little bit more bulk than uh, Shelby does, so she'd be able to toss her around. I think she went into that thing a little bit too cocky. Um, and like I said, with mm-hmm. Blake, you weren't going to stop him, right? Um, you could have put him by that net- I think you know Blake would have took him out the way he was mentally prepared for it.
1: Let me ask you this, Mike, because we're we're getting close to wrapping it up. And I have so enjoyed, so enjoyed you being on the show today. It's been so fun launching season four with you. I mean, we've got, we go back a year. Yay. Thank you, Sean. (laughs) How cool is that? (laughs) Let me ask you this. What are your predictions for next week? Who do you see as like a target? Who do you want to see eliminated
2: um, you know, I'm seeing that, you know, Shelby and Blake are still going to be a target, uh, going into it because I don't mm-hmm. think that people understand Blake
0: right. and that
2: scares them. Um, I would love to see Margaret in the pit and get her taken out. Um, you no, know, at this point, it's still kind of early to tell. I want to get yeah. to know the rest of the cast. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: there's still so many people there I don't. I feel like i connected with it all. Um, I want to see how it plays out. I mean, you know how it is. After the first couple weeks, you're still getting to know everybody. Yeah. About like week three or four, that's when you feel like, okay, I'm pulling for this person. I want this person to right.
1: win. Right. No, I totally agree. And I will piggyback on those thoughts with I would like to see some interaction between the host and the co-host because right now it just looks like Steve is leading the show and Jessie is a sidekick. I'm not sure how she's going to develop. Um she's got to take it if she wants it and she's got to take it from a six-time WWE World Champion. So that's not going to be an easy <laughs> task on her part. So I'm really was- curious to see uh, what what the the two co the host and the co-host are how they're going to evolve in this show.
2: I want to see some fierce challenges. I mean when I did my season. Those were my funnest. Those were the funnest challenges because that's when everybody worked together. There was no fear about elimination. Right. And we got some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. It, I mean, remember we did like the bottom for barbecue. We did the fear yeah. funneling. Yeah. And that was the fun stuff. Um, you don't have to worry about anything. Everybody has a good time.
1: Yeah.
2: And uh, usually you end up with some, a lot of alcohol and it mix for you know good TV. Case in point, Philip stripping on the palm tree.
1: Oh right, 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 right. Yeah, absolutely. Are you in touch with uh, the season four cast members at all?
2: Um, you know, coming back from you know filming, um, a few of them did reach out to me, like mm-hmm. uh, know wanting to know like you know what the next steps were, um, mm-hmm. what to expect. Um, I've talked to a few of them uh, here and there, um, but I haven't quite actually. I haven't had a chance to meet any of them in person yet.
1: Well, uh, what you can do for us, Mike, and what I'm going to be doing for Redneck Island Season 4 is I am going to be tweeting, I'm going to be hashtagging, I'm going to be posting on Facebook that we are running an after show on Redneck Island. They can find us on AfterBuzzTV.com. That. Your friends and followers can go to iTunes and actually rate our show. Of course, I would love it if you can give us a five-star rating. But if you can't do that and you go with something less, please tell us why so that we can better improve the show that you're going to be listening to. And then, of course, on YouTube where I'm going to be reading the comments. So uh, if you have some feedback that you want to share... You know, please direct your friends and family to those um, sources because it will help us uh, get a better following for this show. I love Redneck Island. I am supporting this show and I am staying open to the fact that there are a lot of changes. This show has just been flipped on its head and I have absolutely no idea what to expect next week. Except for, I can tell you this, Mike. I will be Where here next week. I'm sorry?
2: I said, you're going to tell me, tell me, go ahead and tell me.
1: Yeah. No, I will be here next week to talk you're about the show. going to be here next week? Yes, I'm going to be here next week, and we're going to talk about Season 2. And um hoping to get you back on the show. If you have anything that you want to share, please just text me. And, Mike, thank you so much for coming on our show today.
2: I love talking to you every time I get a chance to tell Catfish I said hello. Um and I, will. I will definitely be in touch with you.
1: Thanks, Mike. Appreciate the call. All right. Huh? catfish uh that mike was referring to is my son who came on to the redneck island season three after show to fill in for a couple of the hosts and the cast of season three nicknamed my son sean catfish that was his name so now he is in college and carrying that <laughs> dubious <laughs> nickname with them at all times so yay so with that being said uh, we're ending the show right now, and I want to thank everyone who was listening. Please come back next week. We're going to have our hosts in place, and we're going to be able to have... Thank you, Sean. I appreciate that. Is that the AfterBuzz TV? <laughs> anyway, thanks, everyone, for coming. This is Little Egypt. I'm signing out. Buzz you
0: later.